Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Chat. My name is Brian Carney. Absolutely delighted today to be joined by one half of Ali and Fila. Fatty, how are you doing? How are you, Brian? I'm good, man. Good, good. Been a long time. It has been, man. It's been a while since I've since I seen you. I think the last time I saw you was at uh, ASOT last year. Massive friends. That was yeah. the last time I saw you, yeah. I briefly saw you. Um, so I think, I don't know, would that have been your last show? Since, since you played the last time or did you have anything I, No, I had uh, like the weekend after, I think I had a couple of shows and then the weekend after that was the, the last one where I actually flew from Cairo to Los Angeles. Okay. A show in Los Angeles. Uh, and I arrived in Los Angeles from Cairo and they told me the show tomorrow is cancelled oh, when I landed. Really? Okay, so you just went home. So... And then I went the, the, the first question I, I usually ask is obviously we we've all been in, involved in this situation together over the past twelve months. So is it is it the case that you've been in Egypt literally for the last twelve months and you haven't gone anywhere else? Yeah, I've been in Egypt for the past twelve months. I didn't go anywhere. Uh, first of all, it's not easy to travel to any place, and I don't want to travel to a place and I have to worry about uh, wearing the mask, uh, worry, worried of the other people. It's, it's not going to be fun anyways, even if it's open for tourism, you know, yeah. I was like, better stay in Egypt. We don't have that much of lockdowns, actually no lockdown. Uh, you can still go out in Egypt. You can go to a bar, you can go to a restaurant. It's easy, you know, yeah. we are taking in an easy different to hear. Um, we, we, I know. We're on a, we've been on a level five lockdown since, um, just before Christmas. And there was literally just a break of about three weeks in between that from October. So we've basically been on uh, the strictest of restrictions since October of last year where nothing is open and um, non-essential retail is open. You can't even buy a book in a bookshop. Uh, they have the aisles closed off. This is how insane it is. Yeah, Stuart told me, man. Stuart, uh, I talk with Stuart every other day and he was telling me uh, that he, he he's so bored that he don't know what to do, you know? He watched the whole Netflix. Yeah, it is really, really difficult. And I, I think it, I've, I've sort of, from going through the, the podcast that I've done before, I think as, as the podcast have progressed, you can sort of hear the change in my sort of attitude and my level of mental health, because the longer it's going on, it's, it, it's getting harder and harder, yeah. especially like, cause we, there's a limit. We can, we can only travel five kilometers from our house to, to, for, for anything, or you can only go for a non-essential reason. If you have a valid reason, say if you to pick up medication or if you're looking after someone and it's just, it's, 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 it's insane what we're going through. And for, for me to hear, um, how you're basically living it's it's not much has changed would you say much has changed it, it, like if if you weren't watching the news and hearing everything that's going on w would you be sort of aware that it, there is a pandemic going on living in egypt no, at the moment? Actually, they say that there is a pandemic for sure but you know um like it's different here in egypt we're uh, still a third world uh country you know um those those things are not that important for them it's more important for people to continue their lives. People need to work. We cannot take the the pressure. Like a lot of people here in Egypt, we are not a very rich country. You know, a lot of people they rely on uh, daily working. They work per hour. So imagine if those people has to stay home. Who will take care of them? Yeah. 
I don't think the government can't afford to to pay uh, everyone uh, their monthly wages. No way, it, it's it can't happen. So they had to take like measures as much as possible. Uh, people wear masks and stuff like that, but still they have things open, which worked fine. To be frank, I don't see like that we had any uh, really bad. Maybe just few two weeks or something uh, last year when there was so many cases and the hospitals were so full, you know, plus um, Egypt, like the, the population is mainly young, yeah. like 65% are, are young, you know, like so less. So the chances of them dying from the disease is, is quite exactly. low. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think it worked, uh, it worked out well. We were lucky in a way that we didn't have that much of bad, uh, uh, like numbers yeah 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 amount of people dying it wasn't that much so that's why they were like maybe okay let's keep it open and see how it goes and take the risk which worked out well so far you know yeah i wish i wish our government would adopt that sort of policy it's like um the 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 what's the word the the average age the life sorry the life expectancy in ireland is like um 83 years of age and the the median age the average age of people dying from this is somewhere from 86 to 89 so it's i know it's 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 terrible for people to die and stuff but i i, I feel sometimes it, it's unfair that this virus seems to affect um older people a lot more than younger people so I I fail I, I find it difficult to understand how they can't protect the people who are most vulnerable, keep them at home, and if if you're not really in danger of dying from it or or anything like that, I think we should be allowed to continue working safely and let us get the get the economy back working in order so that we can build back up the economy and we can take care financially of the people who need to be looked after. Whereas I found it really difficult, the fact that I'm on government support for almost a year now after being, I'm a very self-sufficient person. I like going out, working hard and earning my own money. So it's my sense of self-worth and sort of, I, I want to go out and work and earn my own money and not having that is, is very, very difficult. And you're obviously, I know from you that you're one of the hardest working DJs in our scene as well. Um, you take your your career very seriously and you love working hard and you're traveling all the world and you work really hard. So have you found that really difficult to sort of not be able to continue on doing what you love doing so much? Yeah, that, that was the most difficult part because uh, for me, like uh, not only the fun of our job, but uh, as you said, it's like a job, like every job forget about the fun part like people look at us like we are ha yeah. just having fun you know but it's not only about that it's also business and uh, not being able to um to make your let's say your wage your monthly wage, your, like what you need monthly for you you and your family it's uh it hurts you you know and for example you uh, at least your government are taking care like the they pay something to everyone who, who was working before the pandemic and kind of lost his job during the pandemic in egypt nobody's paying me you know yeah so i have to live on my savings and it it kills you like because you don't know when it's gonna come back 
That's the worst part. It's not That's the worst part. Yeah. You know, if you tell me, listen, Fadi, you have two years off. Yeah. It will be 100% back uh, in January 2022. Yeah. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. Same. I'll, same, I'll be yeah. more relaxed. Yeah. But right now, like, always the, like leaving the hope, you know, yeah, it's going to open uh, in summer. People were saying that it's going to open last summer. <laughs> mm, I know. That's what I'm worry, worried about right now, that they are saying the same about this summer. And I'm worried that it would come to this summer and then everything gets canceled or postponed again. It's, I don't know if I would be able to take it like mentally and everything. It's, it's going to be too hard this time. So I'm really hoping that's all, all I can do is hope and cross my fingers that things will really open and this vaccine thing will really work out at the end. And what, what have you found the most, dif in terms of your mental health, what have you found the most difficult part of the past 12 months? Would it be not being able to do your job? Yeah, that's that's definitely the, the hardest part. Definitely it's the hardest part. Like, it's, like a, it's like a fulfillment that we get is we sit in the studio, we make our music, we travel around the world and that music connects with people and we meet people from all across the world that we would never meet unless we did the job that we do. And exactly. yeah. the fact that we're not able to do that now, it, it has a very negative effect. It has on my own mental health and my own sense of achievement and all that type of thing. And, and to be honest with you, man, I don't know whether it's like, I, I, I feel at times where I, I think people are going to forget about me where, because oh. I'm not tra traveling, doing my job and stuff. I know it's probably a stupid thing to say. And, and I, I no, 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 I don't think so because it's a it's a pose that we are that it's on everyone it's not like you are uh, not doing your job you're not doing your best it's it, it's like it's a fact that you have to face it and nothing you can do is it's the same for me that's how i thought about it that's what made me more angry about the corona pandemic is that there's nothing I can do. It's not like I didn't do my work. It's not like I, I was lazy. It's something out of my hands. Yeah. And it's me, it makes me more angry because I never thought about it. Yeah. Never I knew always knew. Happen, no. Yeah. I always, uh, like, I didn't care. I Honestly, I, me as a person also, I, I never was the big saver. I, I didn't save money that much. I, I didn't think about saving money because I was always, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy life. But I don't care. I, I didn't, think about the money issue before you know i was just enjoying my life i knew i'm working hard i knew we were doing good so i shouldn't worry about the money part you know because i was doing good and you know i, I knew that I'm, I'm working hard doing my best so it shouldn't be a problem never thought that this could happen yeah. you know so suddenly whoop, no money you're not making money. it's done <clears throat> That was I was actually only speaking to Edel because I told her I was doing the podcast with you today and I asked her when I was trying to think back of experiences that we've had together because we spend time on tours and doing stuff and that that's one of the things she said she always remembered you how you were very generous and say if we were out for dinner you'd pay for it if we were having drinks you'd pay for it and that sort of ties in with what you were saying there you're, you're exactly. yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, yeah exactly you enjoy your life and exactly. the, the thing that it's it's hurting you now that you can't go out and earn that money and you probably feel like I probably should have saved a bit, a bit more. Exactly. That's also what I'm like thinking about all the time. I should have been a bit like more responsible. I'm married. I have two kids, you know, 
I should be more responsible. And, and that's a, a lesson that I learned from that. There are a lot of lessons that we learned from this pandemic, for sure. It's yeah. a positive thing also that at least it's, um, it's not too late. You know, what if I was like maybe 60 years old and this happened and maybe I don't have that much time in this business <laughs> or maybe I'm out of the business already. You know what I mean? So it's good that I, it happened to us now and we learned the lesson and at least I'll be more cautious. Not, I, I still, I want to be me, you know, I want to have fun, enjoy life, but at least be more uh, responsible, you know? Yeah. Regarding the money, like the financial part. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Like, um, I don't know, like, have you been doing much in terms of streaming and stuff to, to keep the music coming or anything like that? Or well, what, tell you some what are you doing to, like with your days? Like I've spoken to a few other people before how we feel like our inspiration and our creative uh, levels have are nowhere near what they would be if, if we had shows to work towards. Have you found that the same for yourself over the past 12 months or have you found yourself being able to create new music? Yeah, um, I'll tell you something regarding the music, like when it started, like uh, when the pandemic started, um, I was like, okay, I'm having uh, four months off. It would be just four Same months man, yeah. and it would be done. And I, and I was so like, I was working in the studio like a machine, you know, I made so many tracks, worked so on music. I was like really positive, like oh, things will open. Let's use this four or five months to do a lot of music, get ready when it's open again. You have a lot of new music that you can release for ne the next two years or something, you know? Yeah. And I was very like enthusiastic about it. But then every time now you, you get hope, you kind of um, like, you feel like, no, it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, so you, you go back 10 steps back, you know, and so yeah. on. It's like the, the only glimmer of, of hope. I think that about two weeks ago was the first time in a, a long time where I had a conversation with my manager and he was actually enthusiastic about the future and he was after receiving a number of inquiries yeah. uh, looking forward. So it, that was for me, it was it, it gave me a bit of a buzz and it gave me a little bit of an inspiration to sort of, right, let's get my head down and let's make a lot of new music for this time. So yeah. it's been nice. I'm sure you've been speaking to Stuart. He's been filling you in on stuff. Yeah, the UK yeah. seems to have a little bit of hope with, with, with yeah, regards to shows. A just a glimmer. Whether they go ahead now or, or not is is another thing. You'd like to think that they would, but just just to have that little bit of a positive phone call for the first time in a long time, it did a lot for my own my own mood, my own mental health, and to give me a little bit of inspiration looking forward. So have you have you been having? phone calls are you optimistic about what's going to happen for the rest of the year or are you sort of i am very optimistic i'm very optimistic brian uh same Stuart has been filling me with like the inquiries and everything and but at the same time i feel like i'm kind of like i don't trust governments anymore or the like, like um i don't know what's true i don't know what's really happening uh, are they telling us, or for example, in the UK, are they telling you that things will be open back to normal on the 21st of June just to make people, yeah, you know, back off, yeah, relax, relax. Mm. They don't want to tell you, like, it's the same, like, uh, when you hear a, a bad news and they don't want to tell you the bad news, 
like one time they want to keep it on different times you know yeah yeah to to build to build up the bad news yeah i hope i'm wrong but i really hope it really opens on the 21st of june like they said and 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 the same will happen in the, the rest of the world they say the same in the us they are opening very soon some states are open now when there are parties and clubs working you know yeah that's so, the thing i don't understand fatty how, how can how can like the likes of florida and uh texas i think have been open for business they haven't really done many lockdowns around like that so how is it that they can open up? Yeah, I, all, all these other places can't. Why are we under such stricter restrictions when other places seem to be getting on with their lives? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know, man. It's just from the Same very, from the very start, this there's something just feels very very strange about all of this. Maybe that's just a way for me to sort of um protect my mind from what's what terrible what the, about the dangers of the actual virus, or maybe it's just me questioning what's really going on and wondering like like i think you grow the more you grow up the more you become aware of how how fucked up life really can be i think as the younger you are the more naive you are and yeah, as, as you get older you start to see that things aren't as um it's not like the movies life isn't like the movies you know well i don't know man i, I don't want to like uh, to be too suspicious but this infects like how the world works. It's all about uh, it's all about money. It's always about you know money. everything money, is about money. Yeah. Money uh, will is, is the is the the force that controls the world. Yeah, and everything that you you see on your daily life is related to money. So I don't want to say that this thing that happened, this pandemic, is related. To, to money but it could be you know it could be it could be like there was a financial crisis 12 13 years ago that to do with uh, the banks who's to say this isn't part of it the next um financial crisis it's just it's been done in a different way like i hope i'm wrong fatty i'm hope i'm wrong about all my suspicions i'd love i'd love to think Me too, i'd love to think that true, these, yeah. if it's true then it's we are living in an evil world that's for sure yeah, I'd 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 love to hope that our governments have our best interests at heart, and exactly. all, but I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. It's just the longer this goes on, and the more stricter everything is. Just everything is a crime now. Like to to see your friends, to hug your mother, to go and see her. To, it's insane I never ever thought I'd live in a world like we, we are living in at the moment it's absolutely crazy I know I never like if you have told me this will happen like a few years ago I would tell you no way man no no I thought at the start when, when it, the whole thing started uh, and it, I, I saw the news uh, about what's happening in China I thought it's gonna be like just few weeks something is happening in China and that's it, it's gonna stop. It's not gonna go anywhere else. But I was surprised, man, how it's the the the, the speed of how fast it, it really did spread. It's ridiculous. Mm. And then it, it got out of control, you know, it's nothing you can do anymore. It's, it's a fact. It's absolutely crazy, but I've talked about it before where um, in Ireland, if say if you get knocked down or in a car accident, and you go in and 
that you test positive for COVID, even though you're in a car accident, you'll go down as a COVID death. <laughs> and I have the video. I'll, I'll post it in, in, in along with this. And this is, this is because they do it based on the advice of the World Health Organization. So I think every country in the world is going along the advice of the World Health Organization. So that means that this is going on all over the world. So this is what makes me more suspicious, even more suspicious of what's going on, because can we really trust the numbers of what's actually happening? It's, I'm, I'm, it's, this year, I wouldn't have never really have considered myself a very skeptical person. I would have been sort of very trustworthy and I would have just sort of got on with my life and enjoyed it and that. But the past year has made me really skeptical about life, people, and what's really going human on? Human beings in general. Sorry. Human beings in general. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. But can you honestly see us say going back to play in like um, Asia or anywhere like that anytime soon? Was it I think the way so. No, not this so. year. Anyway, I don't think. Why? Why do I not think so? Yeah. Do you think we will? Yeah. Really? Asia and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like I already saw like during the past months there were tours of a lot of DJs playing in China, for example, where it where it all everything happened, you know. Yeah, but does does that involve like a, a quarantine for two weeks and stuff before Taiwan? Like I, I, we got offers to play in Taiwan in um, the past couple of uh, months and uh, you had to quarantine for two weeks before the shows. Yeah, that's what that's. Sorry, I didn't make my point uh, very well. What I meant was that type of touring where you're just flying in, you do your show, and then say we fly from say Thailand to say Korea, and you, then you do a show there the next night. I think it's a long way away from. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, that's right, what yeah. I meant. Sorry, man. Yeah. Oh, you mean like touring in Asia yes, uh, like yeah. before? No. Yeah. Depends. Depends, uh, Brian. I don't know if 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 the if things works if things work well with the vaccine and. Um, Maybe, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. I cannot say. Maybe we will have to quarantine. Still quarantine for two weeks. Maybe until the end of the year, we will have to do that to to be able to do shows in Asia. I don't know. Would would that would that be something you consider doing? Honestly, I think I think maybe I would do it if this the the only thing I can do. To, to be able to go back to what I'm, I, I'm used to do. Yeah. I would do. It would be crazy to be staying two weeks alone in a hotel room, not being able to speak to anyone or see anyone. It's dangerous. It's going to be like, maybe uh, end up like, oh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's something that concerns the thoughts of being in a room for two weeks where you're not allowed to open the window and you're not allowed outside or see anyone. Yeah. That's, it's very hard. That's yeah. that's a mental challenge, I think, man. Yeah. Very, very challenging. Yeah, but I, I don't know, Brian. Mm. I'm just uh, hoping that at least things will open for at least this summer. Because I I saw some like so far there are a lot of good news. Like you can be a little bit optimistic about things because uh, you see, like uh, Bo uh, posted uh, something about uh, Luminosity. Beach festival that it looks like it could happen in July. Maybe it's too optimistic, but this I is what I didn't actually see that. I didn't see that. Yeah, the, the main, yeah, the main festival. 
Yeah, yeah, he posted about it. Uh, I think for, well, it was from his personal account. Okay, yeah. I didn't actually see that. Yeah, well, that's that's good news. Um, I haven't played that for a couple of years, so you you know yourself, yeah. man. That's one you'd always look forward to playing. You know? yeah, yesterday, Joris Vorn had uh, a gig in Holland, like they were uh, a testing test, test event. Yeah, yeah, one thousand five hundred people. So. Uh, uh, at least something is happening, you know, something is moving, you know, without social distancing, without masks, anything, nothing. I think it, uh, the, they had this rapid uh, test thing. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. You'd like to think that they've, they've learned a lot over the past year in terms of how this all works and that they can, they can use that information to help certain sectors like the dance industry, like the aviation industry to, to help them open up and get back to work because so many people are affected by this and it, it, oh, it's difficult for me because the people in charge and controlling the decisions, they've never been put on government support. They haven't had everything taken away from them. They're probably making more money now than they've ever made in their whole lives. Yeah. So they don't care how long this goes on for because it's not affecting them. But they need to see how much it is affecting the likes of you, the likes of me. And not being able to do our work, it's it's horrible for us. So... We need some hope. We need some. We need to see a clear plan of how we are going to get back to work. So that that's the thing that annoys me most about living in Ireland at the moment. We are given no roadmap about how this is going to end or how we're going to get back to work or anything like that. It's 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 very very difficult for for not just for myself but for people in hospitalities, the work in hotels, aviation, like the pubs and bars. They're the ones that are being, they're being blamed for all of this and they haven't even been allowed to open for the past year because they think if they open the bars, the cases will go crazy. And the yeah, <laughs> but we are, we, what happens is the government spin it in a way that it's not, it's nothing got to do with how what they're doing is, is a flawed way of doing things. It comes back on us because we are going out, we're seeing people, we're, we're talking to too many people and we're the ones who are at fault for everything. It's nothing got to do with them. And they're brilliant at doing that. Um, talking about the vaccine and stuff. Last week in Ireland, they vaccinated 300 people in one day. I looked at a thing yesterday in the UK where they vaccinated 711,000 people. Or they gave out 711,000 doses in 24 hours. But so in people? 300 people in one day. Man, 300 people, that's like... Uh... <laughs> that's every 30 minutes or something maybe it's insane so it's it's us at fault and this is why I feel so angry about all of the stuff that's going on Um, it's it's our fault it's what we're doing wrong and it's nothing got to do with them so for me it's good to see the likes of the UK really working hard to do this right so like in Egypt are people being offered a vaccine or is is, is yeah. that yeah how's yeah, it going over there yeah. yeah how's it going uh, they are starting now uh, with the like the the high risk people and uh, the older ones, you know, and then they will start like there is a website where you apply and then you wait for your uh, turn kind of thing. Okay. That's what worrying me also, to be frank. Right? Like I feel like we are being forced to have the vaccine because you won't be able to travel. That's what I'm hearing everywhere that uh, the EU passport thing, the vaccine yeah. passport. Uh, it feels like, and you have to have a certain vaccine to enter Europe. 
Mm. Not every vaccine, because I think the Chinese one and the Russian one um, are, are still not uh, like approved by the EU. So, for example, if now I get uh, vaccinated by the Russian uh, Russian vaccine or the Chinese one, whatever Egypt gets, for example, and then uh, I'm applying uh, for the Schengen visa to to work the, in in summer. Yeah. Then they will tell me no, you cannot get in because you don't have the the Pfizer or whatever uh, is approved in Europe. So what shall I do now? Shall I become like um <laughs> like uh, having all kind of vaccines so I can be able to travel everywhere or what? Yes, like why if 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 you're not at risk, why like I've never I don't think I've ever taken a vaccine before in my life. Uh, yeah. Are you concerned about? what it could do to you uh, physically or do you just not like the way you're being told you have to do it in order to travel i'm concerned about the genetics part yeah like the ones that play with your your dna yeah <laughs> i shouldn't be that because like a lot, i know a lot of doctors and and they told me like this yeah, this is all like uh don't don't listen to the people who post videos on Facebook and saying like, this is like the plan of the uh, world to, order to the world, the new world order for, to control us and have a chip inside our, our body and all this bullshit, you know? Yeah. It's, this is too much to think about, but at the same time, why should I take it? Why should I take the vaccine? Why do I need it? Like I know many people, many friends of mine, like in Egypt who got, uh, who were positive for COVID-19 and they didn't even have any symptoms. So why shall I worry? Yeah, we should worry about, uh, 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 because they don't know yet everything about this uh, COVID-19. Like this from the way I see, it, they don't know everything. They are, they are not really sure about anything about this uh, pandemic. But from what I see, as a normal person, not a doctor, not a scientist, not anything. I see a lot of people getting uh, the COVID-19 and they don't have any symptoms or maybe just few things, you know, but it's not that bad no, it's for, not. for certain people. But it could go really bad with other people, you know. Yeah, that's the strange thing. It, it affects people differently. Yeah, it's so strange. Very unpredictable and that's yeah. the hard part. Yeah, like my best friend, his 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 uh, grandmother was going into hospital for an operation on her lungs, and she tested positive for COVID nineteen, but she's no symptoms, and uh, a, a lungs would be a very um, be one of the worst underlying conditions that you could have for this virus. So it's very strange. It's very strange. That's why I, I don't get it. Like how to really control it? How maybe also the governments are also they don't know what to do. Mm. Maybe it's it's too much for them to to handle. Maybe, maybe there are a lot of maybes. And what's the truth? You will never know. It's the same like uh, it's the same like what happened in nine eleven. Yeah, you, that's a that's a fascinating subject. From a lot of theories, you will never know what's real, what did really happen. You will never, unfortunately. Or who shot JFK and all these who historical shot JFK, You don't know. You that's. <laughs> And, uh, and it will uh, it will stay like that until we die. We will never know the truth. Yeah, but just, <laughs> so that's what I think. Yeah, coming back to the insanity of 2020, like even the stuff that was going on in America with Donald Trump and the, all the protests and the storm in the Capitol building, uh, 
I was funny there. That's that's crazier than anything you could ever see in any movie. But this is I never thought that this would happen in the in 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 the US. No way. Especially the capital part. Where people I I love America. I think it's the craziest country in the world. I absolutely love going there, but I never ever thought of it would see this level of craziness over there. No, no way. Yeah. Mental, mental, mental. I know, but but, but, it's a strange year, definitely. Oh, insane, insane. But but coming back to um, the past twelve months, and you've been stuck at home in Egypt. I know from speaking to you before um, how much you've missed your kids, and being away from them had a really um, bad effect on you. I suppose you being at home and getting to spend so much time with them has probably been one of the, the best things that could possibly have happened. So has, has that been one of the, the positives of the past 12 months? Definitely the biggest positive thing that uh, now they, they feel that they have a father, finally. Because before I was like a um, kind of a tourist at home, you know, <laughs> I come back from touring, I'm so dead, tired, exhausted. And I, I need like <clears throat> one or two days to come back to being a normal human being, you know? And then by the time I'm back to being a normal human being and I'm ready to, to travel again. So for them, it wasn't the best thing, you know, because, and they were too, too little at that time, you know? So this year they are more like much bigger now. And, uh, there's more interaction that we have. So it's, it was actually a really good thing that I have, I had this year with them, you know, to enjoy uh, every single uh, minute uh, or second they are awake, you know. And so, would you have had a sort of a guilt with being away for, from them for so long and sort yeah. of missing out on so much? Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I used to have this guilt all the time when I was traveling before, before the pandemic. I used to have this guilt all the time. Like why I'm doing this? why I'm doing that, why I'm not uh, with my kids, why I'm missing uh, his or her birthday. Is it, is it worth it? Is this life? You know, I, I, I used to like oh, many times to talk with my wife and tell her, listen, I want to stop this. I'm done. I'm, I'm not enjoying that anymore. Uh, I want to live. I want to stay home as much as possible, you know, but that's the thing. We are never happy where we are. whatever you do you will never be 100% happy with what you have for example like I I, I wanted to stay home you know before the pandemic I was like I want to stay home for one year or something and now when I stayed home I want to leave back you know (laughs) so it's it's probably a little bit different because you're you're, it's not your choice to stay home yeah yeah you're forced to yeah it's different but it's, it's, it's really good that you've, you've found that positive over the past 12 months where you've, you've had that opportunity to connect more with your kids, to be, oh, be to be present with them. You're not just sort of on autopilot when you're around them. So yeah, and it's very important for them and for, for, for their personality and everything. And, uh, and for them to, to, to feel that their dad is, is there for them. You know, it's, it's very important because, uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's a job that two people needs to do. The mother and the father needs to, to, to help the kids, uh, to form their personality. Yeah. So if one is missing, it's, I don't think it's correct. I think the, the, it's, they need to have both of them 
really like there in their in their uh, daily life. So I don't know how I will do it. Like they ask me a lot, and the kids they are telling me like, Papa, when when the when the coronavirus is gone, are you gonna leave again? Mm. You know. And I feel so bad. I'm like, yeah, I have to leave because I have to work. I have to uh, to make money to get you uh, all the nice stuff you want, you know. <laughs> so they are like, okay, if you're gonna get us some nice stuff, <laughs> you can go. <laughs> yeah, you're being bribed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so along that as well, like w- w- when you're away traveling, up and this, I say for me as well, like, do you ever find it difficult to adjust back into that normality of your life after being away touring and traveling all over the world in first class, business class and having everything done for you and being on stage and going from the high of being on stage to the low of sort of then back on a plane all by yourself and, and it's over. Do, do you find that difficult sort of when when you were traveling and, and doing our work, did you find it difficult to to be able to just go back to your normal life straight away, or did it take you like a few days to sort of decompress? It takes, and- it takes like one or two days, mainly not because of uh, where where I was and where I am now. It's because mainly of like just your. It's a hectic uh, thing to do, like being touring. Like uh, for example, a weekend you have like a. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday gigs in summer, you know, and even a Thursday, and then you finish that and you're completely dead, mm. you know, and then you go back home and you, you, you need like a day or two to just, uh, get your house back. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, that's, that's the, uh, the hardest part. But for me, when I'm going back home, I'm actually excited and happy because I'm going to see the kids and, you know, that's, that part I don't have a problem with, like leaving all this and going back home. Like, for example, in summer, what I used to do, that was the, the best I can do. Like in summer, like I used to take my wife and the kids and we stay the whole summer in Ibiza. So if, if I have shows in Ibiza, that's easy. If I, I need to go to Tomorrowland or any festival, I go just the day of the event. And then the day after I go back to Ibiza, which is really cool. Spend the, the time with the kids, go to the beach whatever so you are all the summer part is really perfect for me not easy but the rest of the year is the where i have a problem because yeah. you need to travel to go to asia you go to the us you go to south america you go to australia it's the summer is easy because you normally most of it is in europe so it's easy like if i'm staying in europe uh, the whole summer it works out well for me and easy and actually the kids loves it what age? Yeah. What age are your kids now? Uh, Nagib, my son, is uh, just turned seventeen. Uh, seven, sorry. <laughs> just take it there, Jesus. <laughs> so he turned seven uh, yesterday, and uh, Karin, my girl, she's um, she's five. So did five and ten. Did they enjoy living in Ibiza? Ah, oh, man, they love it. They love it so much. You know, the, they they really like it. They love the that you can wake up, nothing you can do other than you go to the beach, enjoy the whole day, nice air, fresh air. It's, uh, they love this. I actually wanted to to make sure to have this seed <laughs> in them, you know, to see yeah. start them off early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love it because I love it so much, and 
Yeah, they, they, they really like it. They are always there. They've been asking me, when are going to Ibiza? We want to go to Ibiza. You know, I'm like, we can't. <laughs> and are, are they aware of what you, are they of the age now where they're aware of what you do for your job or do they just <laughs> still see you as that? No, no, they know exactly what I'm doing and they actually watch on YouTube the videos and they show their friends and they show off with their friends. Like, look, my dad. You're still cool. <laughs> You're still cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they actually like our music, you know, that's yeah. the, the best part. They like when we get in the car, like going to school, dropping them. They are like, they ask for certain tracks, you know, like my son is, uh, he loves Beyond the Lights. They always like, please put Beyond the Lights, you know. That's so it's, really, it's really cute. You know? Yeah. If, if uh, a child cute. likes a song, that's a sign of a hit song. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, I love that. It's so cute that you see them like really enjoying the music and even like with the vocal tracks, they sing the, the lyrics and it's really cool. And you, any plans to get him into the DJing game or would you rather him? I will never force career? it. I will never force it. No, I will. Uh, I want to, I, I want them to start like learn uh, like uh, an instrument anyways. That's good to have it uh, in their life. Like, to learn an instrument, either they like it, and if they don't like it, then I, I will stop it. No, no forcing, you know. Yeah, that's how I deal with with the kids. I will never force them on anything, you know, unless I want to keep them away from something something bad, you know. Yeah, that's so, a good, to let them live their own lives, not not try yeah, to like, force your own way of how you exactly, want yeah. them to be. Yeah, oh, because I'm a musician and a DJ, they need to have to to need uh, need to do the same, you know. No. Yeah. Let them find their way. Let them do what they really like. If they love what I'm doing and they want to do it, fine. There you go. You have a studio already. You can <laughs> free studio. <laughs> yeah, they've, uh, they've, they'll have a head start over a lot of other yeah. people for sure. And a lot of yeah. projects, a lot of templates. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool, man. But, but, but um, come, come on back to the music. I think one of the first times I, I spent time with you and sort of got to know you was at Eurofest maybe 10 years ago. Remember we did the Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. Yeah. The back to back. Well, when, we, when we had to wear the. The sombrero. Yeah, sombrero. <laughs> and I think it was me, me you, Askew, and Indecent Noise played back yeah. to back. And back, to back, do, you back yeah. do you remember the chili eating competition that we went to afterwards? afterwards? Yeah, definitely. Was just. <laughs> Oh, I honestly thought I was going to die. I I, I was way too brave. Uh, et, et too much of this Mexican chili, and I I I I'd say I drank about ten liters of water, and I still felt like me. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but but um, that that I was just thinking back, like that's that's one thing I've really missed as well. Like the shows and playing and all that, they're they're great. But but the best the best part of our job is that. It's, it's that part away from the stage where you're sort of yeah. you're, you're with people and you're having a laugh and you're getting to know them and I remember then we, we were obviously we were in Australia in 2013 for Stereo Sonic for two weeks and just that getting to know people and, and going out for drinks and, and going out for dinner and, and spending time together and getting to know each other more on a personal level that, that that's the best part of, of our I job I just love Stereo Sonic man because because of the idea of traveling two weeks in Australia, spending time with all like uh, the crew, the DJs, and it, it was so much fun, man. That is, like you said, is the best part more than the events themselves. Yeah, like spending time with other people, getting to know them, 
uh, enjoy life, you know, this proper enjoying life. Yeah, even like it's not even the, the people that we normally yeah, speak to. I remember I was with um, the D- Hot Since 82. Yeah. And I was speaking to him for maybe two or three hours and we, we didn't talk about anything got to do with music. We were actually talking about 9-11. Funny enough that you spoke about earlier on, we were talking about certain documentaries we watched and, and it, it was it was mad, but it, that, that's just, that's the great, you're getting to know people on, on a human level. And I, I think sometimes that, that, get, that, get, that get lost in our work. Um, I think we get caught up. There's a lot of competition and... We're all trying to fight for shows and be the best and stuff. But when you actually like, when you take the time away from all that, like, we're all just human and we're all in it for the same reason. And when you get to know the people a bit more, that's the best part of our job, I think. I agree with you. That's the worst part in life in general: competition. Yeah. And, and, and rankings. Like imagine music business without rankings, mm. without charts. How cool will be that? Very cool. No, no ego. No, no. I'm better than you. I'm, I'm higher than you. People like him, like me more than you. Blah blah blah. If you have, it will never happen. I, I know, I know, because it's related to business. And like I said before, money is, uh, is the one leading everything. Yeah. So people won't allow this to happen just because. They can make more money because of those rankings, because of those numbers. But at the end of the day, it will be better for you, for me, for everyone, that there are no rankings, there are no charts. We are all doing good. We are all uh, great musicians and we are on our own way. And we are, and people like you, people like me, people like, like you will always find your fans anyways. So we can all have fun instead and make a living at the same time and have fun. It's not even a competition. We're not in a competition. There's, there's plenty of shows. There's plenty of gigs exactly, everywhere. Yeah. As yeah. long as we just work as hard as we can, being creative and doing what we do best, there's always going to be shows. And it, it's yeah. it's not about me being better than someone else or you being better than them. It's just about being the best version of yourself and creating and doing it in a right way. I think that's, there's always going to be shows for us. There's always going to be money out there. It's not like, uh, uh, because uh, you are better or uh, this guy is better than he will, that you won't have shows and he will have shows. No, yeah. it doesn't matter that. I can see everyone like from a certain like um, area of the DJs, they play every week anyways. <laughs> yeah. Even if they are doing better than someone or doing not better than someone else, they are still touring and they're still doing good you know i don't see the problem like i hate that and i hope i wish it could happen like like i said music without rankings but i don't see it happening anyways but all i wish like what i learned in that period of the past one year is like is it worth it like all this fighting all this challenging why what's the benefit Shit, man it's bullshit. Mm. I actually want to go for a gig, have fun with the other guys. Enjoy it. If the people in front of us are happy, that's what, what's more important. And that's our job to make them all the, the whole lineup is the job that to make the people in front of them happy and, in, and, and forget all the problems they have been to the past week or the past month or whatever. People come to our parties to enjoy it and, and forget about the problems. Yeah, to let go. To let go. 
I was thinking back over the few years and thinking about some embarrassing moments. And one of my most embarrassing moments was when I was playing at uh, FSOE in Prague and we were doing my interview on the radio afterwards and I ac- accidentally said, uh, it's been great to play at ASO. ASO, yeah, I remember that, yeah. My, no. my, my, head, my head was wrecked about that for about two or three months afterwards. I, 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 I even do this, I do this mistake. I even do it, I did it before. <laughs> It was just, I was just after finishing playing, I was on the high after finishing playing and just, I wasn't really aware of what I was saying. Uh, um, ha- have you had any many embarrassing moments similar to that? Man, so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> well, the most one, let's think about the most embarrassing one. Mm. You ever press stop on the wrong deck? Oh man, I remember. That was like the worst one ever like I had in my life. Uh, it was actually a long time ago when we started like uh, making a, a buzz, like there is this duo Ali and Fila from Egypt doing like this buzz, blah, blah, blah. And then I had like, uh, and Stuart, my manager, he, I caught you on Gate Crasher. Like, uh, this was like a dream, like playing at Gate yeah. Crasher. And it was my like uh, my debut in Gate Crusher, you know. So I, I went, and uh, I was so I was so worried. Like I was like I, at that time I I got like before any show I was like really worried. Like I don't want to do any mistake, nothing. I want to do really good, and I was like always like under so much pressure, you know. So so the gig happened, and uh, I went to play. And man, I was like, every mix was like a, a disaster. At the start, like the first three or four mixes was a disaster, like, like disaster. And I was like, if every time this happens, I was like losing more confidence. So you're making more mistakes. And I was like, oh, all I'm thinking about is like, ah, my future is done. I'm not yeah. playing. I'm not playing here anymore. Uh, I'm done. Like people will say that this is shit. Like, why do you book these guys? You know, but it passed. Like, thank God people, uh, actually some people enjoy the set, you know, <laughs> and it passed. People uh, forget. So the, the, the time after I had more confidence and the more confidence I had, I was like being able to perform better, you know? Yeah. So it, at the start, it was very, very rough for me. You know, because I was always so worried about making the performance. I'm making a mistake, so I did mistakes, you know. So, um, yeah. You care, probably care too much. That's the problem. Yeah, and uh, you care too much. And when you are afraid of something, it happens. Mm. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the worst one. I was like uh, on stage, light on you. And I'm, I look like a stupid, you know, <laughs> like, uh, sorry guys, <laughs> I'm so sorry for what, what I'm doing, but it happened, you know, but it, it passed, yeah. but that was the most embarrassing one like I had ever. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking back then as well. Um, do you remember we were at the winter music conference in 2014 and we all stayed in the villa? I think, <laughs> did you sleep in a wardrobe? I couldn't find a place to sleep. I remember it was like, we were too many people at the start, like too many DJs. 
that we are were supposed to share this together and everyone will have a place to sleep. So there were men, more DJs, more people than the beds anyways. And then every uh, DJ after the party had friends with him to the, to the villa. So there were like at least five, six times the people who were supposed to be in the villa in the villa at that time. Yeah. So you found I, I, like everywhere I was walking, I found people uh, sleeping uh, on the floor. You know, I remember, uh, <laughs> where was it? Uh, I think, uh, who was it? Like uh, the friends from, um, what was his name? The Finnish guys. Or Orchidia. Orchidia, his friends, <laughs> you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just remember Sid Van Riel. I don't think he slept for a week. He had the same clothes on for a week. Um, yeah. Every time time. you wake up, Sid is already with a beer uh, and, a, and a smoke. And hey, what's up? And what was it? Remember, we had there was a traffic cone in the house, and some you woke up, somebody screaming something <laughs> through the cone. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> that was also a really special week, man. Yeah. That was so much fun. That's what I mean, man. This, this, these are the best parts of of uh, a job those type of moments where you're you're spending it's nothing got to do with where you're playing or what you're doing it's it's those moments getting to know people and spending that time together that's we that's were all together on, under the same uh, it was the same uh, it was 24 7 24 7 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah man i miss the guy yeah that's that's what i wanted to come on to next obviously um last year D D dimitri david uh, yeah. Obviously, you you're you're probably obviously a lot closer to him than I was. I only worked with Dimitri for a short while, but um, he he had pancreatic cancer. He had a very short battle, and that's exactly the same um, cancer that my father died from five years ago. So I know how how sudden it 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 sets in and how quickly they go and how quickly they deteriorate. So obviously, that must have been a very very difficult moment for you last year. Oh man, that was a terrible moment because I met him instead of France. In February, you know, and I remember seeing him at uh, Fadi. He looked really well. It looked he was after. Yeah, he lost yeah. so much weight, yeah. and he was taking care of uh, his health. Yeah, and he was doing good, and he was happy. He, you know, I didn't see any problem, and suddenly I heard that this is happening, and boom, he passed away. I heard he had a really good attitude towards it, though. He he sort of he was sort of accepting of it. But he didn't really. He didn't fight he, it. He um he 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 just he lived his life and sort of. He was like, I'm going to enjoy, yeah, get the best out of my last days. And this was actually his personality. He he want he wants to enjoy life. He was a good guy, very really good, guy. good guy, and very good guy in a in a terrible business, but uh, you know. He enjoyed life. He was like, okay, I'm not gonna uh, take anything from myself just to, to fight this. I'm gonna fight it with enjoying my life, whatever, like, however, if I have those kind of, those amount of days to live, I will uh, live them in full, you know? You really miss them? Yeah, man. Yeah, I think, for example, if I traveled especially to Ibiza this summer, uh, it would be very, very like strange for me not having uh, Dimitri in Ibiza. Like even when we weren't working with him, uh, like since 
two years or a year and a half, we did, we we stopped working together. Uh, we still we stayed friends, you know, really good friends. And whenever I'm in Ibiza, we go out. Uh, we even go out party at night, go out for food for drinks. He 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 was always the fun guy. Never uh, never like uh, having like a a boring moment with him. You know, he's full of fun. So such a happy soul. Uh, his energy is was something else. You know, when we you are with him, hundred percent you're gonna have fun. That's it. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna enjoy it. That's Dimitri. <clears throat> yeah, that, yeah. I remember being a. Uh, I was playing an amnesia. I think it was maybe 2015. I was playing in the main room, but Eric Prids was playing on the in the terrace, and okay. he was someone that I've always wanted to go and see. But so I finished my set in the. I don't know. I, I think I was doing a closing set, but Eric Prids was on in the the terrace. So I came in. I came to the show early because I wanted to see Eric Prids play, and I was sort of standing at the back of the DJ boot and Dimitri was with me and I remember just sort of talking to Dimitri watching Prids' set and the two of us were absolutely loving it I, I'm a, be a big, huge Eric Prids fan he's a genius and I just remember having a laugh with Dimitri and just he was just a, he was just a really good guy man really good guy man really good guy I, I, yeah that, that's also what made me feel like oh uh, man how life sucks like when you start losing uh, yeah, like close people to you, it's so different than than anything else. Because, like recently, I, I'm happy that I didn't lose that many people that was close to me. You know that so far I'm happy with that. Like, but when this happened, like Dimitri is like, I think one of the first person that are really close to me that passed away. So for me, it was a shock. It was something new for me. And I was like, really, you know, that's, that's how, that's how it feels. You know, it's not, uh, yeah. And I have to get used to it because the more we live, the more, uh, the more we lose people that we care about and love, you know, and that's the thing, the, the shitty part about uh, life, you know? Yeah. That's as, as you get older, you realize that life isn't a, a movie. It's, it gets no, serious no, no. the older you get. Yeah, it gets so serious. Mm. I wish I'm. Uh, I can go back, uh, like twenty years and more, twenty five years, <laughs> and just enjoy life. Go, uh, go have fun, and that's it. You, you don't think about anything else. Now it's different. You have to think about so many things, and I'm like, why? I know life was so easy. Yeah, it was so easy. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah, but now it's uh, now it's hard. It's definitely hard. It's not that easy at all. And you have to have the right mentality, because your brain is like your biggest enemy, in my opinion. It's your greatest friend as well. But but still, it's the worst enemy, man. You can you can create a problem for yourself without that without that problem is being there. Anyways, you can create you can imagine a problem and it's not there. But you will live in that problem because your brain made you think that there is a problem. You know, I saw. I see, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, go ahead. I see many people like they have a lot of problems just because of the way they think. That's it. Not only because of the problem itself. There is there are no problems, but they make themselves live in a problem that uh, that is not there. You know, too much thinking is very wrong in my opinion. The too much thinking. Just 
try to take it easy. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do to relax my brain, you know. And have you struggled with, with your thinking in the past year with everything that's going on? Yes, definitely. Like the too much thinking part, it's, uh, it hurts you at the end. You know, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if, wh when it happens, let's see, you know, <laughs> but all the time thinking about what if, what if, what if, what if, come on, you know, it's, uh, it's too much information for your brain that cannot handle, in my opinion, that will make you, make you react wrong. You're thinking of what if rather than focusing on what is. Yeah, exactly. What if, uh, the most important, what, what is it? More than what if it would happen? Why, what, why would you live worried of something that didn't happen? You know? Is that something that, would you consider yourself to have had those type of thoughts? before last year or or is this something that you've sort of always had would you've always been someone who sort of overthinks and worries and yeah I, I i used to overthink things i used to over worry things like i said for example the, about the what happened to me at the, my gate crasher debut that be, that it, all that problem was i'm overthinking if i was like cool and relaxed i wouldn't have had that problem you know what i mean like it's the same like uh, there was a part of my life that i used to really fear flying for example oh, really yeah yeah i had i had a part because i had a very bad incident where we were kind of crashing you know long time was that? that's i would say 20 years ago and can you describe yeah. where where you were flying and what happened? I was flying from Vienna to Berlin. I was going to the Love Parade as a clubber. Okay. I was going to party, you know. <laughs> so I was going from Vienna. I had a transit in Vienna. Going to Berlin. It's a 50 minutes flight. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Many flights. Boom, boom, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, when we took off, um, uh, the, the captain started saying that it's going to be shaking because there is actually a storm uh, around the Berlin area. Uh, it might get too tough because it's a really strong storm, but we're going to try to avoid it and land. Cool. Sounds, I, I never thought about any problem about flying, you know. I was like, cool. Uh, I never had a problem with flying. And then um, the 50 minute flight ended up being a three hours and a half flight. Because he had to go around and around and around and around because he couldn't uh, land because of the storm. Okay. And the the three hours and a half are like uh, ridiculously bad, like really like not 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 the normal, uh, you know, uh, shaking. It wasn't yeah. the normal. Yeah. It was a really strong turbulence, and I and I thought at one time he's losing control of the plane, and then. The captain was like talking to us and saying, and I swear this is what happened. He said like, uh, we, we ran, uh, we, we're not, we don't have any more uh, fuel and we have to land. And God save us. Fuck. <laughs> and that was the moment like when we were landing, uh, it was terrible, man. It was terrible. People were like screaming, people crying. It was, it was a really bad experience. And when I actually, when I landed, <laughs> I don't know, like I was like mentally like, 
fucked, you know? Yeah, it's a trauma, almost like a trauma. trauma exactly. Yeah, like I remember when we went out in the, in the area where you get the, the luggage, I actually had a cigarette in the inside the airport in Berlin. I was like, fuck it. I was so like, uh, <laughs> it was so tense. Yeah. And after that, I, I had like maybe around two years really like anxious uh, getting on planes i'm getting on planes. i used to to like i was supposed to look to travel this place i get to the airport uh have few drinks to get uh I, I didn't help actually the drinks and then getting on the plane and get out i used to get out at the end before uh, before the move and take off i said no i'm not i'm not like i had it happened to me so many times and did you have to sort of work on that or did it just come to the stage where you did that much flying where you sort of just let go of that fear well i, I tell you something i think it's related uh, it's mostly related with the like with the size of the plane like it was like the, the the i think it was the 737 or something like that uh like it got better eventually when when i used to travel like uh mostly on like bigger planes I get more relaxed. I, I I feel like when there is more space and then a bigger plane, better seat and everything, I get more relaxed. And it worked from that, like after that, you know, then like recently I'm 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 much better, you know, with that. But I always have to travel with a airline that I trust. Like I, I like if I have to fly to a show with an airline that I don't trust and this is the only airline that travels there, I'm not I'm not doing the show. Because I don't want to be like that in that place anymore, you know. So I always travel with the the airlines I trust, with the aircraft that I I prefer. That's what I try to do always, and I give so much hard time to Stuart with that, you know, to find the the proper uh, airline with the proper aircraft. Yeah, but that's how it makes it uh, easier for me, like uh, mentally and um, to travel. Because from that experience, man, it's terrible. When you experience something like that, it's terrible. I've never, I don't think I've ever had one where the the, the pilot has come on and said, God help us. That's it. That's I'd, it. I'd, I'd, be was, scared. I'd be scared as like, well if that happened to like, me. What? Yeah. You save us. Do do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's that's quite an, an intense one. But like even, even over the, the past 12 months with regards to your mental health, has there been anything that you've done to sort of help the way you've been thinking about things is do you think um taking the time and spending it with your kids has been really beneficial for 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 your overall how your brain is working overall yeah man um having the time with the kids playing sports that i used to not to do when i was touring and everything that's i didn't have time to do that so playing sports i'm playing actually tennis now and I love it, and uh, it's it's amazing the feeling you get when you when you play sports and you sweat. It's it's like you get a high, you know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. It makes your day beautiful. So I love doing that now, and I think even if I tour, I will have to do it. I will. I want to continue on that, eating a little bit more healthier than before, because also while touring, you sometimes you just eat junk. You know, or uh, so nowadays when I'm staying at home, 
like I eat much healthier and all those things are helping with my mental health, uh, helping with life in general. And like I said, also the kids spending time with the kids and not feeling the, um, uh, that I'm missing anything or feeling uh, that uh, I'm a bad dad, that I'm not there, you know, feeling guilty. The, the guilt feeling is not there. So it's everything is working together to forget about the problem I'm facing right now with not being able, not being able to work, you know, that's, it's balancing, balancing things. Yeah. Because that, that's the thing, our, our job, it, it can be possibly the most unhealthy, um, job you can possibly do in terms of traveling all over the world, uh, drinking, lack of sleep, um, you're partying also. So that's yeah, worse. I try, I try to avoid all that now because it's I have to take care of myself. I'm 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 sort of obsessive about my health, but um, just like lack of sleep, uh, traveling all over the world, trying to adjust to different time zones, eating food at times of the day where you should be asleep, and vice versa. It, it can be a very very unhealthy job and it, it's it's something that you really do need to keep an eye on because it, it's you can burn out very very quickly and flying so much is so unhealthy mm. really mm, i know like the way we fly is completely wrong <laughs> like people like we fly more than pilots i think the amount of hours we do in a plane every month is more than pilots like I remember, like uh, I think miles and more, like the miles and more, the the Lufthansa group thing, they have like a a cool uh, feature. They tell you like how many hours you do compared to the like there is like a thing. You, they tell you you do you're doing more hours than the pilots. You know, so when I saw that, I was like, what? This is insane. This is wrong. You know, like uh, our style of living is very wrong. I think, but I know when it's gonna come back. I'll be like, a lot of people uh, say that oh, I'll be more selective with the shows, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure if I will do that. I want to like, if, of course, if they are good shows, I want to do them all, you know, I want to do as much because we are addicts to our job. Yeah, absolutely. That's the problem. Like, I'm sure I will never be able to stop or quit DJing. No way. Uh, it would be like, it would be a very hard decision to make. To say like, okay, I'm quitting DJing and music. Yeah, maybe music I can continue doing for the rest of my life. That's no problem. But the DJing part, it's it's an addiction. You, it's a, it's not uh, it's easy like a to drug. It's it's a it's a hope yeah, you, when you're on stage when you play that feeling, the connection, and it, you, you're addicted to it. I've, yeah. I'm addicted to my work. Don't get me wrong. And that high oh, being on stage and speaking about um, how unhealthy it is. A few years ago, I was moving house, but but I had. Um, I had two show, I had shows in Australia on two separate weekends, but because I had so much to do with moving house, I had to. I flew over to Australia, did the two shows, flew home, had to deal with stuff during the week. Four days later, flew back over to Australia and then flew home. So I had four flights, four twenty-four hour flights in eight days, a few years ago. That's crazy, man. That's not. That's not good for your body. No, it's not good at all. No. I remember. I went. I went. To Sydney one night for State of Trance. I went Sydney one night and left the day after. I think I was there with you. Not that one. Different one. Okay. Different, yeah. different one. 
I remember that one when the incident happened. Yeah, when I got bottle tr- bottles thrown at me for the for the show being for the show being <laughs> shut down. Yeah. Oh, man, I remember you were so angry. I remember. I was more upset at it. You were so angry, upset because you yeah. were so looking forward and you had everything ready for the set and you had this new the new music to play out. And you, I remember you were so passionate about it. And then it, it, it was taken away from you and you were like, no, you know, you couldn't accept it. I remember. Mm. I remember that day, man. No, it was a different one. I went for just one night to Sydney. It's very wrong. And then you flew to America or something. It's, it's ridiculous. Man. <laughs> yeah, you probably uh, landed in America before you actually took off. In, <laughs> you went through so many. You went, you're like in Back to the Future nearly. Yeah, it's the same day. Yeah, it's 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 crazy what we put ourselves through. But to be honest, I can't wait to start doing all that stuff again. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. And I, I will do it uh, like full mode. I, I don't care. I just yeah. want to do it. I really, yeah. I really miss maybe, that. Maybe, maybe, maybe try to take like a, a weekend off per, per month. You know, maybe that, that would be good for us to take just one weekend off per month. You know? But, but still, if you, if for example, you get a, that weekend off you want to take, you get like a transmission or a state of trans event, you will say no. No way. <laughs> no check. I think I'm at the stage now where I would literally play anywhere now. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this no, no, none, none of this selective uh, stuff. I would play at the opening of someone's front door at this stage. Yeah, yeah. But um, coming coming on to something, there's a place that me and you have no issues flying to. That's Argentina. I think the, I think the both of us have a, a mutual love for the place. I, I know people are probably sick of hearing DJs talking about Argentina. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, everyone loves Argentina. Yeah. I I I love the place. I love the people. I love going there. I I, I just I there's something's just so special about the place, and I the think place, and especially because of the people. I think the vibe they have, their energy is ridiculous. Like how they party, uh, like it's something else. Uh, and if someone didn't see it, they have to see it because it's incredible. The energy, especially the energy, passion. It's yeah, exactly. It's the same. Like the passion they have for the music and the energy in every show it's uh, it's so different than any place in the world and it makes you like fly you know without having any drink or anything you, know? you just fly with them it's that simple you know i can play like 10 hours eight hours easy no problem i won't get bored one second yeah like every track they go crazy mentally yeah. and incredible. the people are so so like so passionate about what we do they appreciate music in a different level you know so it's the best the best place to go for sure as a musician as a dj as a performer is the best place easy we, I can't wait. can you imagine after the pandemic how argentina will be like <laughs> i don't want to imagine <laughs> it would be ridiculous amazing I, I can't wait to go back but I was just thinking about like we we've we obviously usually stay in the same hotel in in Puerto Madero and yeah. you have the fans sort of waiting outside and just, yeah. just waiting there and then when you come down and just speak to a few of them the, the looks on their faces they just appreciate it so you much you make, you make their day you know? yeah but they're making our day how, exactly they don't know they, that yeah they 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 need they need to know how much 
what their energy and what their passion and, and their love for what we do, how that makes us feel about ourselves. It makes us feel helpful. like it, it's, it's, it makes everything worthwhile. Like that, that feeling when you're playing in Buenos Aires or Rosario or, or anywhere in Argentina and you just look out and they're all doing this. <laughs> they, 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 they're, and sometimes they, they don't look at you. They're looking at their friends. So yeah. they, they're, it's it's just they're, they're just such an amazing nation of people and how passionate they are and I absolutely love going there I love the people and I love playing there and I, I'm wondering if you remember in 2015 we went over for a state of trance in uh, Buenos Aires and yeah. we went for some food in the restaurant across from the Madeira Hotel and yeah. there, was, there was you there was myself there was Snyder there was Jordan Suckley there was Ben Nicky and Armin was there and, and Christian who who would have been doing looking after the bookings and stuff over there. And I think it must have been it must have got out on Twitter or something where where we we were all eating out or we posted a photo and somehow somehow they knew where we were. And the next thing we looked outside and there was like what, 150, 200 people just banging, nearly banging on the window trying to get us to come out. Yeah. And I remember you got Christian's motorbike helmet and you put it on and you <laughs> walk straight out and no one, no one could recognise you. <laughs> and I think you actually stole Christian's uh, moped then and you took it for a spin and he was sort of running after you. But then everyone, all the fans were just they were going straight for Armin. So he sort of got mobbed at the restaurant and Annie Dell was with me. So we sort of just walked out sort of avoided a, a lot of them and sort of, well, they, I don't know whether, they probably, some of them probably didn't know who it was. It was just, it was, Armin was there, so everyone was trying to You snuck out with the motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was brilliant, man. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Brilliant memories. And I miss Christian Cousin, man. I miss the guy. Yeah. That's the thing. That's we we miss the the characters, the people that we meet, and the people who look after us, and the people who put on these shows. and And for me, I I just hope that they survive all of this pandemic as well. Probably a bit selfish. I hope their businesses survive so that I can go and play for them again. But personally, I hope they get through it as well on on yeah. the human side. You know. Yeah, definitely. Because imagine like. I think a lot of promoters or people who are working in this business, like not only promoters, uh, managers and stuff like that, they lost hope and they found other jobs because they cannot make any living out of it. So they have to do it. If they have families to take care of, what, what are they going to do? You know, they have to move. And maybe when it comes back, maybe they will think to come back, but maybe it's too late also, you know? So I really hope that it works out well with everyone and that when we get back to to do what we love to do, uh, it will work, work out even better for everyone. Because I think, like I said before, the next three years, when it comes back, the three years after that, it will be ridiculous. I think people will be living just to party, not to do anything else. <laughs> Like the people will, will party more than working because mm. they really miss it. And, but I hope also it won't be uh, like dealt with, well, like 
like more people will jump into our business just to make the money out of it, not because they love it. Mm. Because they will see that they can make money out of this easily because people want to party. So that's also, I'm hoping not many of those will get into our business just to make money, you know. Any particular special moments from, from your career that, that stand out more than others? Well, definitely when we did um, Future Sound of Egypt by the Pyramids, that was a really, definitely a huge moment for us. And especially the one we did with Armin by the Pyramids, that was a show that I'll never forget. It was ridiculous, man. It was really, really out of this world. The, the venue, the place when you, when you are there, the energy you feel is like out of this world. It's like you're on a different planet. Like when you see the pyramids, the Sphinx, and you're partying on the music you like, it's, it was something else that at that moment I felt I was so proud, like that we managed to, to get there from a, as a bedroom DJ and, and uh, just doing music for fun and getting there. It was like something like, is this true or am I dreaming or did I really do that? You know, <laughs> it must be very special as for someone from Egypt to be exactly. able to, yeah. to play what you do and what, what, what you've worked so hard to do at such like at one of the seven wonders of the world. And for, yeah, you know, it was a huge achievement, man. Huge achievement. Um, Thanks, mate. It was, uh, yeah, at, at one moment I was like, started to like, kind of like getting some like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it true? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I was like, it was so strong that I was like, wow, this is out of this world. I cannot believe that I managed, like I'm, I'm getting like flashback of how I started and what I did and uh, how much time it took to to build what we have and to get there. It was like all like quick flashbacks. I was like, wow, enough, my brain, I cannot take it, you know? <laughs> it was too, too intense, you know? Yeah, a special moment for sure. Yeah, man. I can't wait that we can do it. Hopefully again, you know, when things are back to normal, I would love to do at least one more time at this venue, you know? It's, it's such a beautiful place, man. When you were in Egypt, did you did you visit the pyramids? No, I was only in Sharm el Sheikh. So you didn't you didn't pass by Cairo? No, I remember you came, you came straight. We came straight. I think myself and Stuart flew over from Manchester straight to yeah, Sharm el Sheikh. Yeah, yeah. But, no, uh, yeah. Hi, man. You have to you have to visit Cairo, man. Definitely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, man. Fadi, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Um, I really oh, want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. And Hi, thank I, you I, so much. I'm happy. I'm, I'm actually this chat was really cool, man. It's it helps us also yeah. to to chat like that with people that we care about and having those like this nice chat, man. It's it's amazing. I, I really like the idea of the show. You did it in a, it's a perfect time to do that. But what will happen to, to the chat show when the pandemic is over? It's just going to keep going. It might evolve. It might change. It might evolve. Like, exactly. That's, man, I love, I love the idea, man. It's, it's really. It started out as one specifically for people in the dance industry, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I should be that naive to pigeonhole it to that. I've been speaking to some other uh, people who aren't, who some people who are involved with TV 
and they they could be luck coming on it. I, I it's I want to speak it's I want to speak to people about how to, it's it's a ment it's it is a mental health and yeah, it's showing the human side of of people who people might look up to if you're a fan of it's just it's it's seeing a different side and and it's, I'm just want to speak to people to see how they're getting on and hopefully they're doing okay and hopefully as this progresses and things do improve we can do the, we can do the chats at 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 say the, the day after a show where we can talk about yeah. how good it is to be back and you know the sky's the limit man oh, man you can do so much with the show man congratulations for the show and uh yeah i can see a lot of great things for the show man i love the idea uh, it's different than what we have in the scene uh, it's really good to have this and it's a, g a great time to start something like that because we as humans we need we need to let out we need to talk yeah because right. things for yourself doesn't help you. You need to talk. Let it, let things out. Don't be shy to let things out. You know, that's the problem. Like people are always afraid to say something because they are afraid of the consequences. Will they be mad? Will they think that I'm a crazy guy? Will they think I need the help? No, just let it out. Just think about yourself for one moment. Let it out. You know, don't think about what other people will think about you. So those chats are really, really uh helping people like i'm sure like everyone who did the show with you already they they actually enjoyed it themselves to to let out and talk and if i remember some great memories and all this stuff it it made my day for example now i'm i'm much happier you know cool, that i out with you man so i'm really, really happy really really happy thank you, Freddy, thank you very much you're a gentleman i hopefully shall see it very near sometime in the future. So we party. You told me you stop partying. We'll party next time when we meet. You have my word. All right. My word. Thank Perfect. you very much, Fatty. Take care, right, mate. Thank bye. you. Cheers, mate. Bye bye.